Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. I heard somebody say my name. Hello, how are you? It's uh, <coughs> it's Tuesday, March 26th, and uh, I think I'm, well, What I, I said it's Tuesday, that means Susan. Susan, I'm calling you in early because I'm, I'm afraid I'm, I, I might be uh, incoherent today. I haven't talked to anybody yet, really, today much. Um, so I don't know, but I feel incoherent. Well, <laughs> I'll do what I can to help. Okay, just, well, you can. But I'm just reminding you that had not my, uh, a group of my friends in the Midwest started texting each other at what must have been 7 o'clock their time, so that my phone was lighting up. <laughs> oh, you would not be up? I'm, well, I might not be quite as wide awake as oh, I was. Okay. I mean, they... Okay. Uh, well, wake up. It's a new day. I'm awake. This is the last time. This is the last, last time I have to do it. So, oh. yeah, I know. Susan, yeah. Susan is coming back to the Middle West. Um... Susan, I haven't talked to you since yeah. the, the Mueller report thing, and I, I, I realize. I mean, yesterday, I don't know. I think I was just sort of. I think I was in shock. I think I'm still in shock, and I'm wondering why it is that we always seem to get ahead of where we really are, how we misunderstand. Or, or whether we ever should be. I'm, I'm thoroughly aggravated at everybody because well, the Mueller report di- did exactly what the Mueller report was always going to do, what we knew it was going to do. I don't um, think so. What uh, do you o- mean? What do you mean we knew it was going to? We were waiting for Mueller to save the effing country. Well, you were asking for too much. He always had a very limited question to research, I mean, it, 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 and I'm I'm a little irritated that he didn't see fit to draw a conclusion himself. But uh, I think I understand why he didn't. I mean, I really thought he was leading that question. He is the presenter of evidence. He is not the drawer of the conclusion. Um, you know, it, it, except insofar as he wants to charge lesser people. When it comes to Trump, he was not going to indict him because the Justice Department says you don't indict a sitting president. The most that he can do is present a compelling case, which he hopes Congress sees, to do the proper thing themselves. Give him the evidence. Give us the evidence. Wait, I think that's hopes, what he was doing. Which he hopes Congress sees. They have. Yeah, which seen he hopes it. Congress sees. They. Yeah, I know. Either, and I would remind you, Lynn, who stop screaming at me. We haven't seen it either. So now we're all pounding our breasts and, and screaming defeat, and we're being told to apologize. And we're being, and I'm telling you, I don't think I'm in any different position than I was before the report came out. I still don't know what it says. I still don't know what the final outcome is going to be. And this is uh, the, the wheels of justice are mostly unsatisfying and terribly, terribly slow. Everybody calm down and keep your eyes on the goddamn prize. 
somebody. We have one job to do. We always had one job to do. That job has not changed. It it just doesn't have a you know a a thing where we can say that so and so said he colluded. I don't care whether Mueller says he colluded. In this case, I'm going to be like the Benghazi folks and the Hillary folks. I think, from what I've heard, there's plenty of evidence to suggest that even if he didn't manage to include, to uh, you know collude, he intended to collude, and I, I believe that. I think that what's going to happen is that he will a hopefully be defeated, and b will get them all under all of the different laws that they've broken. This he is not charmed. He is not untouchable. Let's let this happen. Really, I'm, I'm, you know, Democrats got to stop doing this. Ooh, it didn't come out according to our script. You got to stop doing it. Just keep your eye on the goddamn prize and find us a candidate. Work for him. Screw all this stuff. We know what a sleazy is. What do we care whether anybody says, oh, yeah, he's a sleaze. We know he's a sleaze. Get over it. How's that? That was pretty good, but uh, I, I wish it made me feel better. It well, does. I mean it. I mean every word of it. I've been irritated since this whole thing started because I really, I think the expectations were so far off course and we're just reacting to all this headline clickbait and everybody's still talking for the 15th day about what they don't know a fucking thing about. Excuse my French. You're excused. No, I agree. I mean, with that, here we all are, all freaking out, and none of us have seen this thing. God damn it. And we might not. That's the thing. No, you might not. Well, that's outrageous. And I I would suggest that it's always been a red herring anyway. Do you need the Mueller report to tell you that this man is a, is a, a fraud and a creep and most possibly and probably easily provably a felon? No, but if it's easily provable a felon, there you go. Then why aren't we seeing, um, I don't know, I can't. Look, I know. Well, you, the guy I, I, is you be, really want me to walk you through no, the answer no, no, to no, that? No. There is an no. answer to that. I know that there is um, no doubt. This guy is a crook, and no doubt once he leaves the security of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, he is going to be gotten by the feds. Well, I don't think, I think it's when he is dragged kicking and screaming out of the White House, holding the red button in his hand, screaming, I'll push, I'll push. Oh, dear. We got far more, we have far more immediate problems than the Mueller report. Okay, um, I just want to say that I retweeted this this uh, black guy's tweet today. I don't know him, but he said this. Dear good white folks, I know that the Mueller report had, has been o- underwhelming. Do not despair. If necessary, please report immediately to a person of color near you. We are well-versed in crazy shit America does and have tons of fucked-by-the-system experience. We can help. You bet. <laughs> Perspective people. Oh. I mean, I really, I am far more irritated if, and, and just as unsurprised by the reaction than by the report. 
because it's not as catastrophic and, and it's not the victory that the Republicans are hopping up and down and screaming unless the Democrats say, you're right. What a terrible thing. We didn't get what we wanted. They didn't win anything. We didn't lose anything. Well, if you watch media, everybody is saying, and I don't see how you can deny it, that this has been a wonderful week for Donald Trump and the Republicans and an awful week for Democrats. No. Well, because we're letting it be. We're letting, we're letting other people tell our story as usual. And we are allowing the headlines and the clickbait to create the the dialogue. And it's not it's not the the anywhere near the whole truth. Here's what happened. Nothing happened and then Barr put a spin on it. It is nothing more than the same political piece of shit it was in the beginning. We need to get on with the real work. We need to keep our eye on the prize. Well, just... that's what Nancy Pelosi is right now telling her dispirited uh, uh, caucus. Um, I'd follow her I want right us, now. I so. don't want us to be dispirited either. I don't want us to blink an eyelash. I want us to kick this pebble out of our path. Okay. So we're never going to talk about it again? I would for Until we have something to talk about, let's not talk about it again. Okay. So, Susan, let's talk about your heartthrob. Isn't that something? Yeah, she knew exactly well, who I'm talking about. Susan oh, Michael Avenatti. Michael Avenatti, who right now is in prison, is he not? I mean, he's in jail. Well, if he isn't, he should be. He's in jail. I mean, I wish, I wish I could say that I was surprised, but there was always something too gleefully slimy about I know, him. I know. You know. I know. Right. Right. But wow, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wow. But you know, wow. The reason that you're laughing at me about this is because we both know that we know somebody Very who much. knows him, and I think that person is probably down. Uh, you know, a hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand k lost to this guy why would he have lost money to him because he hired him because <laughs> well, he paid did... him a retainer okay oh he paid him a retainer but i mean did he i mean did avenatti do well by him i avenatti hasn't started i my guess is oh, given I the charges so. avenatti spent yeah. it okay so okay the the person Susan's talking and about, and he's not going to be giving him a lot of a lot of representation from his, uh, you know, he's going to be busy. Yeah. Well. Okay. I forgot you. Yeah, this is a friend of mine, guys. It's not right to talk about it, but yes, I have a crazy friend who. Oh, he's uh, a wonderful would, character. Would, he's a wonderful character. He's, he's a wonderful he's character. He's slightly Avenatti, but he's exactly the kind too. of guy that would have hired Michael <laughs> exactly Avenatti. Exactly right. And he hired him, and and he hired him because it takes one to recognize one, and he he he, he wanted to buy that. <laughs> oh my God! 
So, yeah. You know, please, we're the last honorable white man. (laughs) Please stand up. I really want to see you. I know you're out there. I loved one. I had one as a father. I have have one as a brother. I'll give him that. Yeah, please. Come on, guys. It's really, if I were a white male, I would. I'd be like uh, wincing a lot. Uh, You know, just like minority people have always had to when one of theirs does something incorrect. Yeah, like, and then right, why, is, it somehow, oh, why do they have to be It Jewish? taints us all. Oh, why do they have to be black? Yeah. Yeah, right. Right. So, white guys, I yeah. know it's your turn now, and but you still have all it's the power. It's your turn. But you have all the power, so you're still not going to get any sympathy. I'm sorry. None. None. Jesus. We have a call. Hello. Caller. Hello. Oh, for this Christ's sake. Stop being so, you know, so methodical. <laughs> Can I tell a quick story about your show? Uh, sure. I know the story, me? but go ahead and tell it. Why yes. do you know the story? <laughs> oh, because you guys have already done this on Facebook or something? Go ahead. <laughs> yes, we did it on Facebook. I have a friend that owns this cooking school kitchenware store in, uh, in Green Tree. And I always go up there and take pictures. And uh, while I'm taking pictures while the classes are going on, I'm telling little bad puns and jokes and things. So this man asked me, he says, uh, are you from Cannesburg? And I, I didn't recognize him. I so, said, yeah. And I'm trying to, I said, did you go to Cannon McMillan? He says, no, no. He says, did you call? And then he asked me, did I call the Lynn Collins show? I said, yeah. <laughs> and he says, I said, did you recognize the voice? He says, no, I recognize the bad jokes. <laughs> 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 his name was his name was David Scott, David my friend Scott, Jen. My hero. My yeah, hero. shout out to David Scott. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, Scott, it was so, go, buddy. It was so, it was so funny the way he responded like that. The friend who knows I do the bad jokes all the time, Jen. She, I mean, she if she would have was drinking coffee, she would have done a spit take. I mean, she <laughs> burst out laughing when he said. <laughs> <laughs> he was a cool guy. I like this. Oh man, that's great. That's He's been listening for years too. I mean, he brought up. I mean, we we ended up having a conversation. He's been listening for decades. You know, since the since your beginning. So he's one of those guys. It was pretty funny. Wow, <laughs> boy, he must be like a hundred and four. <laughs> well, exactly. He's, he's he's not. He hasn't reached triple digits yet. So. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Well, that's a great. That's story. all I got. Well, that's one. That is, you know, yeah. Quit while you're ahead. But that, that was great. Thank you. <laughs> all right, thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> you know, man, I need, I need a laugh. That's good. That was good. Yeah, that one was cute. Oh, <laughs> oh God. All right, Susan. I'm looking for something good. Yeah. I'm not coming up with okay, anything. Okay, going. Why? Well, well lo- me either, because. Why? Why can't you come up with anything? Uh, Nothing. Well, I. Oh, I you- thought I'd done my duty by by you already. Okay, oh, hold oh, you on. Mean by talking me off the ledge or something? No. <laughs> um, hey, and do you see this is news today? Okay, keeping our eyes on this uh, could help candidates um, on our side. Uh, 
Bob Barr, the Attorney General of the United Bill Barr, right? What's his name? Fucking Bill yeah. or Bob. Bill? It's William Barr. Yeah. It's William Barr. Bob Barr was that congressman, right? There was a congressman during the Clinton uh, administration uh, who I think was the author of the Defense of Marriage Act, who himself had been married like 17 times. But the Defense of Marriage Act was, of course, to prevent any gay people from getting married. And because they might ruin the institution of marriage. And so right. Bob Barr, right, was the congressman behind that. And didn't Clinton sign that? Yeah. Clinton, the serial adulterer, uh, signed the Defense of Marriage Act. And I guess that's really that little vignette right there is all you need to know about our government So and white men, and white men's power. Right. It's just very white heterosexual. Don't you want to find the billionaire's handbook where it tells you, like on page 43, you have now enough money in the bank that you can do whatever you want to women? Yeah. I mean, where does, it, where does that one happen? I don't know. And because it seems to be an unwritten rule that they all follow. While we're here at a certain place, we get to fat we get to satisfy all of our sexual fantasies and not give two hoots about the human being to whom we're doing it to or who we're requiring to do it to us. I there because it's so universal you have to think there's a handbook for this. I, I I think Rita Dove, I saw a poem of hers, I think it was in the New York Times, and I think the first line was, you've got the, jo you've got the job, he said to my breasts. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, he was looking at her boobs, and yeah, you got the job. Right, right. Right, right, right. Um, okay, you want to see... I, I had had this idea uh, a long time ago, and then I didn't follow up on it because it was an idea I had while stoned. And um, But I, you know how when you're stoned, you all of a sudden have, like, brilliant, um, you know, just sort of, oh, wow, oh, yeah. thoughts, right? Absolutely. And if you scribble... I wanted to... Yeah, I've done whole books that yeah, have so disappeared Yeah, so you have to scribble them down real fast. <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking I, I would just start doing, you know, uh, a segment of the show of, you know, stoned, uh, you know, my genius stoned, uh, you know, utterances. I can't even see. I told you I was I'm incoherent today. And I had done a bit of a rant last week on menstruation. This is after Susan. We had um, I had watched that the short documentary. Yeah. And it's it. Period, end of sentence. Yeah. yeah, or end of sentence, period. Yeah, yeah. right, right. Did you see it by right. any chance? And I didn't see okay. it, but I, I'm okay. aware so anyway, of it. Okay, so anyway, it doesn't matter because every woman in the world, no matter where she lives uh, and whenever she's lived, uh, knows that menstruation is a taboo subject. It is simply, you know, while nothing else is taboo, nobody really ever is to talk about menstruation you don't it is something to right be and i don't hidden. and i don't care how well equipped you are there's nothing pleasant or you don't get used to it and it's not you know if there's nothing happy or miraculous about it well no but it is <laughs> no it is it is a symbol of the miraculousness of the female body okay 
I'm serious. And of yes, the power, well, it is. Of the power of the female body. Um, and it doesn't matter where. You can be in a culture in which you, if, you know, you're, 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 the minute you get your period, you have to leave your home and go live in a hut and possibly die there, which happens to women in Tibet all the time. Or you can be like an Orthodox Jew where all of a sudden you are unclean, your husband can't touch you. Uh, lest he be, I guess, contaminated, or you have to go to a ritual bath to be cleansed uh, before he can touch you. Uh, And that would have to happen every month. Um, This idea that we are unclean. And I did a rant about it. I mean, because I was thinking, think of that. We, We represent over half of the world's population. And this normal thing, This normal bodily function has been judged by whom? Certainly not by women. Has been judged to be disgusting, uh, uh, shameful, uh, contaminating, all of those things, right? Stop and think about that. And we wonder why women have such a long slog to get into an equal position. It is in our cultural bones, no matter where your culture is coming from, in our religious bones, in all of it. So I, that night after my rant, I got stoned again, and I was thinking, damn, I did not say it right. I didn't. And so I started ranting about it again in my head. And then I wrote this down. So here is my, it, and it's just, you can tell it's a stone scribble. And um, it pretty much says everything I just said, but I just wanted to say this one more time. Menstruation, it says. The normal functional part of our biology, that which is necessary for the perpetuation of the human race, of our very species, is considered, start with a string of adjectives, shameful, contaminating. Women must be ostracized for it. Think, just try to take that in. Because to me, that's momentous. It oh, really and not only that, but our, our brains don't work when this is all happening. That's not true. Remember, what, that was, it was actually why women couldn't be presidents. Or CEOs, because, you know, that time of month. And then women are too emotional. And then look what white men get to do. Look at Kavanaugh. Look at... um Look at uh, Lindsey Graham at, yeah. that, at that same hearing. Imagine Look at Donald if Trump. If every time they spilled their seed, they were considered unclean. I mean, it's an affluence that's coming out of their body, you know. I, yeah. I, I, there's no reason that you don't treat uh, ejaculate the same way that you would tr- treat menstruation. I mean, yeah. Right. Okay. So every time a man ejaculates, he should be ostracized. No, it's the oh, same thing. Oh, and listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. I think, okay, this is an actual story, and it, here's the headline. This is about an American legislator. 
politician votes against access to pads and tampons in prison because it's not a country club. Hello, Susan. Somebody pick Susan up off the floor. Well, I'm I'm I'm, I'm trying to figure out what he, what that's supposed to mean that they that they are not allowed to have them. Right. But that they have to pay for them. No, it's a luxury item, apparently, so they could just bleed all over the place. I mean, I I don't know. Um, There was an attempt in Maine, this is from Maine, that would guarantee incarcerated people access to menstrual products. Federal law already ensures that federal prisons offer free pads and tampons. But that is not the case in many states and in many uh, local prisons. And you won't be surprised to know that it was four Republicans who balked at the idea and voted against it. And uh, Richard Pickett said this. Incarcerated women should not get more access to menstrual products because the jail system was never meant to be a country club. What do you mean more access? How about access? Uh, yeah. Can you even frigging believe it? You know, and all over the world, uh, women are denied access to these products, which further makes them, of course, uh, you know, they have to be ostracized. They have to be uh, put away once a month. What they say is that in prisons all over this country, women are forced to make their own pads. They use clothing or notebook paper. They do whatever, you know. Can you imagine? It's not considered a necessity because men don't menstruate. No, they just stick us in a tent till we're done. (laughs) God in heaven. I am getting out of out of sight, out of mind. I can't take much more. I'm serious. Okay, I well, you know, do you know? uh, Let me tell you what disturbs me more than uh, than men uh, perpetuating their power because that's to be assumed. It's it's the women. That collude with them. Yeah, it's 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 the women who um, who call each other hysterical. You know, I mean, I don't even like. I won't use that word because it takes a piece of our body and makes it into a, a definition. The definition of someone who is not sane. So you know, if you're hysterical, it comes from your hyster. My hister. <sighs> Your hister? Well, if you have a hysterectomy, what do you lose? I'm losing my hister. That's right. What is my, so, so my hysteria? Hyster, and that's where hysteria, it's the seat of hysteria. Our women, our women organs uh, make us hysterical. Yes, hysteria. Fuck everybody. That, I, white men. <laughs> well, what I'm, I mean, I remember particularly when I was a young mother and I had uh, 
I had, my son was ill, and I was quite sure that he had appendicitis. I, I, not only sure, I knew without a question that he had appendicitis. And my regular pediatrician was not there, and there was a new doctor in the practice that I didn't know, a woman. She was taking the calls. She put, she refused to speak to me. She had, she had me put Eric on the phone. She told Eric I was, quote, hysterical. And the kid had the stomach flu, and if he still didn't feel well in the morning, to come into the office. And one of the, one of the biggest fights we ever had is that my husband conveyed that <laughs> message and as if he agreed with it. And uh, let's just, you know, end of the story is, of course, Arlie had appendicitis. Don't and he was operated on the next Susan. day. Right, right. <laughs> and, but I went into that office and I and I and I demanded to see that woman. And I said, "You will never, I will never see you as a doctor. But if you learn one thing, don't you ever call another parent, particularly a woman, hysterical. Shame on you. Not only were you wrong, but you demean all of us when you do that. Shame on you." And that was the end of that. I am. Not, I was mad. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna give people something else to be mad about. Um, uh, yesterday, in the uh, state legislature here in Pennsylvania, the first Muslim woman uh, uh, in that body was uh, sworn in. And before she was sworn in, they of course started with um, a prayer. And it was another woman representative from, uh, I don't know, Republican, who offered the prayer. I've been looking for the actual prayer. I'm, I, I've been sifting around here. Well, it had to be in the name of Jesus, right? Jesus? It was. <laughs> it was. She, in, in the course of something like two minutes, said Jesus uh, like 18, 19 times. And she also thanked Tr President Trump. And Jesus, 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 it was just um, uh, such an affront. Uh, and actually, can you imagine this? She's doing this. It's supposedly an invocation. And it got so outrageous that people on the floor started screaming out, um, Objection! I mean, during the prayer. Objection. Well, good. Yeah. Good. Good. Jesus. <laughs> Wait. Well, better than if they sat there quietly accepting oh. it. I have it here. Can we? Is there any way I can? We can run this. Yeah. Here. Okay. Amy's going to try to see if we. Can. I have not heard it, but um, the. <sighs> You know, this is somebody then who is going out of their way, not certainly to welcome a new member of their deliberative body, but to insult her in the name of Jesus. I mean, to use her religion as a way of... It, it just, we're living in a time of, that, you know, everywhere you turn, you're, you're, you're blown away. Blown away. I, I, um, 
I despair, Susan. Don't despair. Okay, let's hear the proof. I mean, Seriously, let, can we listen? Let, let us okay. take a moment, please, before we continue to Representative Borowitz. prayer, to pray. Thank Here we you, go. Speaker. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for this privilege, Lord, of letting me pray, God, that I, Jesus, am your ambassador here today, standing here representing you, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the great I am, the one who's coming back again, the one who came. Do you hear anything? I don't hear it. Oh, Susan's not hearing it. And I'm so privileged to stand here today. Is everybody so hearing this? For this honor, Jesus. God, for those that came before us, like George Washington and Valley Forge and Abraham uh, Lincoln, who sought out people in Gettysburg. This? Jesus. I'm not hearing it. I'll tell you that much. Hall. Jesus, that sought after you and fasted and prayed for this it's, nation to be founded on your principles and your words and your truths. Jesus. God, forgive us. Jesus, Jesus. we've lost sight of you. We've forgotten you, God, in our country. Oh, oh she's almost in tears, us, Susan. Jesus, With that your Jesus. promise and your words says that if my you. people Jesus. who are called by my name will help you are calling, she's pray, almost in tears. your face and turn from their wicked ways, oh. that you'll heal our land. Jesus, you are our only hope. Jesus, you are our only hope. I pray for our leader, Speaker Terzai, Peter <laughs> Cutler, oh. Governor Wolf, oh, President Jesus. Trump. Lord, thank you that he stands behind <laughs> Israel. Can you hear it now? No. no. Thank you that Jesus, okay, never mind. That we're blessed because we stand by Israel. And we ask for the oh, now she's Jerusalem brought Israel into it. God. This is a freaking prayer to start evil, the way. We overcome I... evil with good in this land once oh. again. I claim all these things oh. in the powerful mighty name of jesus the one who at ah. the name of jesus every knee will bow and every tongue will confess jesus that you are lord ah, in jesus, jesus. Name, amen she's saying everyone will bow and and profess that you are lord jesus that's how she welcomes a muslim let us understand too that there are jewish members in that house to whom that is every, it's just punch, punch, punch. There are atheists in that house, I would imagine, or doubters. There might be Hindus, I'm not sure, Sikhs. It doesn't matter. There is no state religion. <laughs> Apparently, that's not true either. This is a country in which there is a mythology that we've all been taught is a reality. And then there's a reality which every time we encounter, we're gobsmacked. Jesus, literally. We have a caller. Hello, caller. Hey, Lynn. Hi, Susan. It's Kristen. How are you? Good, good morning. We're fine. <laughs> I just wanted to thank Susan, first of all, for talking me back from the ledge. Not totally off the ledge, but back from off the ledge. <laughs> So I truly You're took what you said to heart. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, number two, as far as pediatricians go, Susan, I ran into the same thing with my daughter when she was three. Short story, she was barfing for five days straight, couldn't keep anything down, had her to the pediatrician three times, was told, oh, calm down, she's fine, she just has the stomach flu. And I kept telling them, but her she kept complaining of a sore throat, and they're like, well, she's been throwing up, dummy. What do you think's going to happen? And the fourth visit, finally I saw a PA that took one look at her and said, she's dehydrated, she needs to go into the hospital. Sure enough, they ran tests, she had a strep infection. So there you have it. Yeah. 
Yep. But it's easy they for them to dismiss you. Yeah, hysterical mothers. Exactly. They just don't listen. I pulled her from that practice, and I just took her to see a family doctor from then on out because I got tired of, I got tired of constantly between the nurses and the doctors being put down constantly. So I was like, I'm done. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, unfortunately, and but or fortunately, you learn very early on that. I think especially with doctors, you got to come, you know your kid, you know yourself, you really have to advocate. And I don't care whether it's for your child or for yourself. Doctors are not infallible. So you sh- we all we all need to pay attention and remember to be advocates for ourselves and our kids. But you know, so people thank you for backing me up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Kristen. Hey, you're welcome. Have a good day, guys. You too. You too. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. Um, I'm sure I know that happens all the time to women. Oh, yeah. Um, and oh, it, yeah. <clears throat> um, and, 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 I'm, and I just don't want us to accept it anymore. When someone, you know, gives you any kind of little ladying or you to, I'm the expert, you're an idiot behavior, you just look at them. And you look them right in the eye and tell them to cut it out. Do not dismiss me. I mean, I, I don't, we've got to start doing it because it's, it's the culture. It's the way we're treated. You know, I was, I was reminded yesterday, uh, there was, uh, someone was in my house and her, her eyes lit on a book in my, uh, that I haven't opened for a million years, but. She said, I'm really interested in this title, and it was called The Lost Art of Healing. And it was written by a Harvard MD who I had had the privilege of interviewing back in the 90s. And his name was Dr. Bernard Lawn, L-A-W, no, L-A-U-N, I believe. He was a a co-founder of... uh, I don't know, some organ, doctor's organization against nuclear war that won the Nobel Peace Prize at one point, and he, in fact, was charged with uh, picking it up. So he, he had gotten the Nobel Peace Prize, um, and he was just brilliant. And he felt that doctors, that it's getting worse and worse and worse. And I mean, I, this was in 95. If he saw the way doctors now roll in with a computer and they rarely look at you or, you know, how every... And, and he said that it's, you got to sit, you know, talk, talk to these people. Talk to them. Know them. Notice them. Look at them. Touch them. It was such a big part of his thing. And do you know when we were done with the interview, he said to me, you have a hypothyroid condition, don't you? And I said, I do? I said, well, I think, I mean, I do take Synthroid because half my thyroid's gone. And he said, right. And I said, well, why did you know that? And he said, I I can't remember. It was something in my eyes. Susan. Is that weird? Well, (coughs) no. He's he's no, it's not weird. I mean, he's observant, and and that's what makes him a good doctor. Oh, 
Uh, anyway. I don't know why that whole thing made me, I, I have the question for you. I'm sure you've discussed it, but I haven't discussed it with you. And that's what was your reaction to the Southern Poverty Law Center uh, firing? Maurice, the founder of the um, Southern Poverty Law Center has been um, uh, tossed out, left, pushed out of. Uh, and so has the other founding guy and the board of the head of the, I yeah. think, chair of the board. Well, as you know, so, I, I have not been a particular I mean it's not that I they no, do, they no. do good work but I I know that I didn't think they were No you have got yeah, right you organization have, right. that we should give money to because I done right. some you know just a little due diligence and found that they are sitting on this just huge endowment uh uh as it turns out he Morris Dees as well as being a great civil rights attorney was a master uh, fundraiser. <laughs> and uh, so I, I would always tell people who wanted to give to, uh, you know, a, a social justice kind of organization, don't give it to the Southern Poverty Law Center. I know they do good work, but they're, they're rich as holy hell. They don't need your money. Anyway, I read an article today about some of what. So they're saying that the workplace there was, yeah, that was not, a hostile women. environment, but not sexually, racially. No, no, no both. But, but then, did you read any um, for instances? No. Because the for instances were, I, I wish I'd brought it in. I you were to, underwhelmed. Yeah, as usual. I mean, just extraordinarily underwhelmed. It said that he had a penchant for coming, here's how they said it, coming up behind women and putting his hands on their shoulders. Now. Yeah, I'm underwhelmed. I would not feel threatened by that. And honestly, if I didn't like it, I'd turn around and say, yeah, right, say exactly. stop lurking. That's exactly not, right. You don't even have to make a big deal out of it. You just look at them and smile and say, why are you lurking behind me? I swear that was the, yeah, I, that was one of the biggies um, that I saw. Um, well, did you see that, that big also, above the fold takedown of the, of the uh, Jewish hedge funds philanthropist? No. For, for sexual stuff. And when I read all of the stuff against him, I do? know this guy. We all know this guy. He's the guy that makes, you know, that has absolutely no intention of even touching you, but he makes sexual jokes and comments and he'd be horrified oh. if you thought if he thought that you were and they and they're taking him down. That's what he did. He was a, you know, I saw he had a, a letter he had that, I saw a letter from a woman who in defense she, of him in defense of him saying, "Guys, this is the nicest human being." So he makes little, you know. I I gotta tell you, right? We gotta we gotta be careful, you know. If you a guy you comes can't. up behind me and puts his hands on my shoulders, I sometimes will look at that as if we're in working on something together as almost camaraderie. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Every time somebody touches me, 
I don't feel violated. But we now have people, women, who feel violated by a look, a touch, and it doesn't have to be, it's not like he grabbed her boobs. I mean, Jesus, God. I don't want to live in this the world that world. I don't want to live where people can't. Talk. Well, I'm honestly, I'm even. I don't even like the Me Too name, you know, because it's. It, it, you want to know the truth? It's not about me. It's about other people behaving themselves. I'm not a little victim here. I want you to stop victimizing me. I'd rather have it and cut it out. Yeah. Hashtag cut it out. Hashtag cut it out. It's not me too. I don't like that at all. I've never liked that at all. And and now it's being, and if we allow this to continue, it's going to discredit what very real problems. Exactly. By, by trivializing them. Exactly. And, and it's, and it's, you know, terribly important that we don't allow that to happen either. I just, it's it really, but you know, really, where, why is there no sense of proportionality? Why is there no sense of nuance? Why is any kind of critical thought or requirement that you actually look and learn before you start screaming? Why has that all gone away? I don't know. You got but a we're lot of very it. noisy, self-involved human beings, and they all have some kind of. There's more people around who have a desire to control everybody's behavior than I ever realized. And uh, I don't know what a sterile world they all want to live in. What an uninteresting. Yeah, I don't want to live in a sterile world. And frankly, I want to be. I want to be able to make inappropriate jokes. In the proper audience. I believe you do, Susan. That's part of our family credo. We make, yes, jokes that some might find shocking. Right. I made one yesterday that I, you know, oh, I, you know it's like, it. okay. I'm you not sure? going to, well, it was like T-ball, you know, somebody just put that ball there and handed me the bat. <laughs> you know? Okay, don't. I didn't tell. Have, don't do I'm it. not going to because okay. it's, 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 Susan, it's a really inappropriate show. Yeah, you really cross the line more than I ever do. You do. I'm sometimes, <laughs> if you were at family <laughs> gatherings, I'm often heard to say things like, Susan! <laughs> in shock we have a caller susan we have a caller hello okay hey hi. lynn hey susan it's mike in dc hi mike in dc hey mike um so i have to be i because i'm a gay guy i feel like this connection with women and i have to be really careful in the workplace to i'm hyper vigilant about not touching a woman under any circumstance because I teach them, and it would be normal to put your hand on her shoulder or in my world to be, um, that would not be seen as suggestive or a pass, particularly because I'm gay. But I have to be hyper vigilant now not to touch a woman for nearly any reason at work. But I didn't think that affected my personal life. 
So a neighbor put up a sign during the voting saying, don't forget today is a voting day. It was good because it was midterm. People might not remember. So I saw her and I stopped her on the street and I said, hey, just want to thank you for putting that sign up. What a smart thing to do. Everybody has to pass your house. And I reached out and I just tapped her on the side of her arm, like in her bicep. And she recoiled from me as if I had grabbed her pussy. I'd rather you not use well, that word, but um, well, yeah, same on her. Okay, you know what? I I touch people constantly. constantly. Me too. Exactly like that. I would have touched her too. Isn't that something? And she recoiled. So I don't want to live in that. And world. she recoiled. I don't want to. And I didn't. I should probably have addressed it. Like I'm sorry. I noticed she just recoiled when I touched her arm. Did you feel offended by blah, blah, blah? It's probably what I would have said at work. But, lady, you're in your front yard. What, you think I came over to you to accost you in your own front yard? It's just like the concept the high, and the hypervigilance on my part makes me not be able to connect to people in a way I would probably have otherwise connected to them. God. That and don't feel sorry weird. for me because I'm a rich, white, entitled guy. But... It is a weird dynamic of the whole yeah, touching. Yeah, but you see, that's the... just a loss. I just, you know, and I, and I notice now how much I do exactly that. I constantly reach out and touch somebody on their arm. I do all you the know, time. And, and, you know, and I don't care if it's a man or a woman. I constantly do that. And, um, and I, that's, I don't want to stop. And I don't want you to stop. Isn't There's that... nothing yeah. wrong with that. I just want to but tell you, But she was probably Mike, 35. Okay, least, yeah. I will tell you this, yes. So, hey, Mike, if you should happen to see me, you, <laughs> you can grab my you can arm. Just, you can flat out and hug her. You can hug me. <laughs> I would love a hug. Okay. Okay? Good to know. I'll be in Pittsburgh this weekend. I'll All look right. for you. I'm in. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Damn. She'll be on her front lawn. <laughs> Isn't that uh, yeah, but that's the point, you know. That's I, I we we can't just all walk around in straight jackets and and muscles all the time. And it, it's it, we can't legislate <clears throat> this. We can't police this. Please, people, use your common sense. Well, we're Put not. Your, 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 this is coming from young people. This is coming. Well, it is, and they're intolerant and awful. I have to tell you, because every time I suggest that that you know you, you that that there are these are very blurry lines, uh, I get told in no uncertain terms that no, they are blurry lines. Right. But I don't believe in safe rooms at universities. I don't think that conservatives shouldn't be allowed to talk at universities. Right. I don't. I don't think if you don't agree with the point of view of a professor, you you throw them off campus. <laughs> oh, how did we come to this? Well, this comes from our end of the spectrum, and it's. it's but it does. But it comes. <clears throat> it comes from you, you know being so far left that you're absolutely no different than the far right. That's right. You'll join up right there in the autocratic uh, and busybody era. era and uh, in era. my way or the highway. Yeah. My yeah. way or the highway, you may not question the right. rule. What a dull white bread fucking world you guys want. 
All righty. Um, we have a caller. Hello. Hi, ladies. Uh, Ray and Lawrenceville. How are you today? Uh, we're fine, Ray. Good, good. You know what we've lost is on both sides, especially the extremes, any sense of discernment. We just – everything has to be 100 or zero. And, and right. it, it makes navigating this world nearly impossible, you know, nearly impossible. Yeah, it's all That's zero. Bad. It's zero tolerance, which is the ref yeah. the refuge of the unthinking. Uh, you know, yes. would be Stalinists. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Yeah. The same it becomes uh, bigotry. <laughs> now, if you if you don't believe one hundred percent, then you're a bigot. You hate us. Right. You know? Right. I, I don't I don't know how to navigate that. I don't have the I don't have the rules in my head for that one. You know, and stop and think what That's all that. of this kind of thing gets us. It gets us to a place where you would never have an argument. You know, no one, because nobody would dare speak uh, the words or the thoughts that aren't you're not allowed to have. You, it'd be like living. There would also, I there mean, would be no growth. No. That's right. There would be no growth, no change. Right. We, we only learn by... I, you know, that kind of discourse right. where, okay, I say a thing and you tell me how wrong I am and maybe I learn. I was wrong. All right, thank you. But if I can't say it, or by saying it, I become an evil person, well, then everybody just digs their heels in and you, you get nowhere. You get right. nowhere. Right. And here's, here's a question. If you, might, if you two ponder this one. I wonder, like these, these uh, the evangelicals who are, who are, look forward to the end of the world, right, and who are intelligent and educated, but have been brought up to believe in their hearts something that's demonstrably untrue. Does that make a crack in their brain that other bullshit can get any easier? If we start to, if we believe something that is demonstrably untrue on principle, I'm going to believe that. Even though I know there's facts against it, does that create a crack in us so other bullshit can get in? Uh, yes, yes, it's called faith. And but so, it's, not, it's and, not just religion, but there are other things. No, I understand that. I understand that, and yeah. I'm not. I'm not applying that term to religion. I see. It's just you know, blind I, acceptance. It's, it's it's unquestioned. It's blind acceptance. If you can't prove it, you just have faith that it's you true. believe it. Yes, yeah. right. And, and, it, and it, if you accept little evils. One on top of another, eventually the big evil doesn't seem so bad. Well, that's that. true. Did that happen in, in you know, Soviet Union? Did that happen in Nazi Germany? Well, sure. Little cracks. Mm -hmm. Little cracks. Yeah. Um, it happened in the United maybe, States of America in two years. Yeah. Yes. It's, uh, you look at these hyper-successful politicians that, that look reasonable, but they've accepted little things from, from youth, from their youth. Little prejudice, a little hateful, unreasonable belief, and now they're able to swallow Donald Trump. Just no problem. Just to get to keep their power. You know, no problem. No problem. Well, anyway, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm the old white guy. If you ever have to ask an old white guy what's going on, you can always call me. I'll I'll, I'll answer any question. Okay, okay. <laughs> you can be our resident hey, white heterosexual up. male. Okay, thanks, Ray. All right. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Have a good day. You Bye. too. Bye.
Susan, I, I had one. I'm always I, happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to say we're. I'm always happy that we haven't, in fact, scared away the nice white men. But go ahead. <laughs> no, of course we haven't. Uh, okay. So when I was saying Bill Barr, Bob Barr, what I wanted to say is that the current attorney general has uh, significantly shifted uh, the federal government's uh, stand on the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, uh, in a legal filing. I don't know if this flew under the radar anywhere. In a legal filing yesterday uh, with the U.S. Court of Appeals. All over the news, yeah. Okay. They are the... We now, the gov- our federal government, is totally on board with declaring the entire Affordable Care Act unconstitutional. Never have they gone that far before. They've picked away at little things. They are now taking the stance that it is totally unconstitutional. And if that were to, if they were able to do, can you imagine how many millions of people would be denied, would lose health care? It would do away with all of the stuff that I think people have come to just take for granted. You know, the fact that you, you know, a uh, pre-existing condition does not deny your access to care. It would again. Right. Um, right. It's extraordinary. It's extraordinary. Uh, so it says here the department. Of I Health would have. I. I can't. Well, yeah. I. I'm. I. I was about to say I can't imagine they would do it. Well, that's what we always the, say. But then they do. But I. But now I think that the yeah no they could. But it, this is one of those cases where the basic principle of you know, no matter how unpopular it starts out or how incomplete it is, at this point, it's a right granted. And if the Supreme Court takes it away, that's a real problem. Yeah, well, you could say that um, about it, Roe v. Wade, too, which looks like it's... Well, you that. will. It's, it's going to be the same problem if they do that. I mean, you you just... And, and, I, and I will... And, and it's, it's for that reason that I have a hard time believing that they would. You can't grant a right to people and then take it away. Because it, it, even if it starts out as a privilege, once it's granted, it's a right. And when you take it away, there is outrage. It would be like that if they start, you know, if, with all these slashes to Social Security and Medicare, even if no one's paying attention, when it starts hitting the fan, you bet they'll pay attention. Yeah, you you can't have people relying on on legislation and and in fact giving up information that they otherwise would not give because that legislation exists. Right. I.e. things with with pre-existing conditions. If you if you take that all away from people. There will be very real outrage, and it will be felt in the in the voting booth. Well, uh, and why, it is for yeah, them. Yeah, this could be. It that. is for that reason that I think that the the court would be more temperate than they otherwise would be. 
Well, <clears throat> we'll see. We will see. We will see. I'm I'm wondering what they're going to do with the gerrymandering. That's that's the one where I think that they could get away with whatever they damn please, yeah. and it has one of the oh. most far-reaching consequences. Yep. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Unbelievable. It's bad stuff. We're out of time. I'm so happy to say. <clears throat> <laughs> Okay, well, we've done it again. Yes, and thank you, Susan, and and safe travels uh, back back home. Okay, yep, next Tuesday from the Midwest. Okay. All righty, okay. Okay, bye. Bye, thank you. Okay, guys, I'll try to snap out of my funk, but I wouldn't put a lot of money on it at this point. I'm sorry. Have a good day. Enjoy the sunshine, and uh, I'll see you tomorrow. Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoint.